Hello? Free Britney. There, there you go. Free Britney. What a documentary. Yeah, we just uh, we just watched it tonight. Yeah, thank you, New York Times and FX. And now it's on Hulu. Thank you for putting that out. Can, yeah, can we talk about that? Because let me tell you, I was very upset. What do you mean upset? Hulu has so many commercials. Oh, yeah. This is like a 30-minute documentary, and it took me 35 hours to watch it. Come on. It was a, it was a two-hour documentary, <laughs> an hour and 44 minutes, so you figure two hours. Listen, I made so many jokes about the commercials that my, my wife is like, I'm just going to upgrade Hulu to no commercials. Oof, don't give them extra money. Come on. Yeah, well, that's what I told her. I said, no, I don't even watch a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turns out, we have CBS All Access and AMC Plus. Jeez. Because <laughs> remember, you asked me if my wife was watching The Stand. Yeah. And I said no, because we don't have CBS All Access. But then I thought about it, and so I texted her, and I was like, are you watching The Stand? She's like, yeah, I'm three episodes in. So I texted her, and I said, well, she's three episodes in. And then I thought to myself, how is she watching The Stand if we don't have CBS All Access. <laughs> those DVDs aren't out, and she didn't get those from the library just yet. How, exactly. How is she watching these? So I, so I asked her. I was like, how are you watching it if you don't have CBS All Access? And is she, she said, putting on an eye patch? Well, she said on Amazon Prime. And Ooh. I was like, oh, okay. But then tonight, I go on the Fire Stick, and I go to go down to the Hulu app. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant banner at the top. Of the uh, the Fire Stick home screen that says The Stand, streaming exclusively on CBS All Access. That's what I thought, yes, yes. And so I said, babe, I thought you said you were watching it on Prime. She said, I am watching it on Prime. I said, well, look, it says here that it's exclusive to CBS All Access. And so she starts looking, and it turns out that she signed up for a trial and never canceled it. Ah, that's how they get you. And and she did the same thing with uh with AMC. So anyway, she ended up canceling both of them because she wow. didn't realize. Yeah, she didn't realize that she was paying for them. Um, Doesn't she want to see the end of the stand? Well, we have it until March, I guess, or something. I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, all mm-hmm. right, I'll allow it. But uh, but yeah, that free Britney thing, man, that was crazy. Pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Breaking Britney, something, something like that. I, I I always thought it was free Britney, but now I realize it isn't free Britney. No, it's hashtag free Britney. Here, right. matter of fact, I was just looking at the news, and CNN had an article posted like an hour ago that they're going back to court next month. Uh, framing Britney Spears. There you go. Yeah, framing Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Recommended watch. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I, I was shocked when... I watched it, how much new information came out. Mm. And considering it's New York Times, you would think that they would be able to get all the players in some room to be interviewed. But then you realize this documentary goes all the way up to the time of pandemic. Mm -hmm. So no one, if they have any good lawyers, no one would be allowed to speak, which that's pretty much what it is. But wow, did they get some backstage stuff? That was, it was good. It was well done. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times, that series that the New York Times put out, I think there's seven other episodes. Oh, really? 
Yeah, that looks interesting. The one kid that like broke Twitter, that hacked into Twitter and messed around with like political candidates. I think there's an episode on him. Interesting. Yeah. And if it's New York Times and that quality and FX does some pretty good either made for TV movie type documentaries or just straight up documentaries. So Mm -hmm. it's good. It's a winner. Yep, that's true. And it was weird seeing uh, Paris Hilton. Hadn't seen her since, uh, since uh, you know, that thing. Uh, her her fabulous TV show. I don't know what that uh, is. Lionel Richie's daughter. No, I don't. I don't know what that is. You know what that is. Everybody <laughs> knew that was on everyone's radar. Come on. Mm-mm. But you you hear her now, and it's like, my God, her voice is like four octaves lower than mine. Yeah, it was weird. Oof. Britney Spears still sounds like she's twelve. Uh, I, but I, I almost think that that's a that has to be a put on voice. You think so? I think so. I don't know, man. Her mom's got like that voice too. Mm, maybe, maybe. It's that that Mississippi thing. But I did like all of the breakdown, the podcast that's all about free Britney. <laughs> oh my god! When those women came on, I was like, wait, uh, there's a podcast about Britney Spears Instagram. But they actually had some good insight. Mm. Like, and they showed, and I don't know if it was because of them, but they showed a lot of like her Instagram stuff. And if you read it in with the right frame of mind and context around it, some of it did definitely seem like, wow, is that call is that cries for help? Like mm. they show this just happened in her life, and then that same day, here comes this Instagram cryptic post. Mm. It was good. It was. Yeah, I thought you'd I thought you'd enjoy it. I I know the wife is big into boy bands, so I figured this is sort of in her wheelhouse. There might be a little Justin Timberlake for her. Oh, uh, she knew all about it because uh, when when oh, Justin showed good. up, she's like, "Oh, he's in deep doo doo now," and I said, "Why?" And so she told me, I don't know something, something right. about uh, her him slut shaming her. So I don't know. I guess I guess the free Britney movement is canceling Justin Timberlake. Mm. I Interesting. Know. I don't pay attention. I just watch TV. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife, uh, speaking of that type of like celebrity tabloid stuff, like a month or two ago, the wife throws completely out of left field. Did you know? Um, who the hell is it? I'm trying to think. Um, do you know who's dating Harry Styles? And I'm like, no, I have. I'm like, I, I like the dude's music, but I have no clue, like, who he would even be. Di- oh, and, and she's like, he's been seen out with Olivia Wilde. Huh. And I was like, good on her. I'm like, it stinks that, you know, Jason Sudeikis and that nice little, like, family unit with kids is broken up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how many, like, older dudes go after like 20 year old women and it's just like you know the dog's gonna run mm-hmm. it's like good on her like what the hell i love me some jason sudeikis but i was just i was like how is that kernel of knowledge in my head now like what what happened here <laughs> <laughs> yep isn't she uh i thought she was like hired to do some comic book thing olivia wilde yeah like di- direct yeah, maybe she's doing something for Marvel. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I thought she was. Um, I think the last thing I saw her on was not good. What was the name yeah. of that movie? 
uh, Lazarus. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, well, she's a she's a scientist, and she finds like something to bring like stuff back to life. Sure. Um, the Lazarus effect. That's what it's called. Mm. She she finds some. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're. That's what it was. That's why I watched it because they're doing experiments with DMT, which is a psychedelic, mm-hmm. um, to bring people back to life. But it turns out that like they come back to life, but they're like possessed by demons. Oh wow! And so she's like uh, she's like Carrie. She's got these like telepathic abilities. I don't know. It's weird. Huh. Yeah, it goes off the rail quick. But uh, but huh. it was fine. I mean, it, it's fine if you have nothing to watch, you can watch it. But uh, I don't recommend it. It was fine. I have I have too much to watch and not enough time. So mm. I'll I'll take a pass on that. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. I uh, I haven't watched a whole lot. I'll be honest with you. I no? only I only watched two shows. I don't think I watched any movies. Did I watch any movies this week? Dang. I don't think so. But uh, but it's fine. It's cool. And it, it wasn't anything new either. I'm watching old hmm. stuff. Ooh, I like that. Old stuff. But what have you been up to? Uh been reading a lot of my spotlighted characters as well as a few offshoot books, which which has been fun. Always fun to do. You know, we need to we need to tell everybody that this episode of the Nerd Legion podcast is brought to you by Marvel Comics. I don't know if you know this. Oh man, thank you, Stanley. Okay, you're, you're just now you're just now learning this. You're the man. Uh, Excelsior, the Nerd Legion, sponsored by Marvel Comics this week. I know people will be happy that we're, that we're going to be talking comics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey guys, every month when you're reading comics, let's just say make mine Marvel. Mm. Marvel Comics, your comics. That's right. You can go to marvel.com slash unlimited and use offer code NerdyLegion for 0% off your yearly purchase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also click the button and hit the hashtag uh, boogie in your butt and receive <laughs> an additional zero percent off at point of purchase. what a deal what a deal uh yeah i read a lot of marvel comics this week really good comics well let me rephrase some really good comics some really terrible comics you know what i want you to read can i make a can i make a nerdy legion request yes i want you to read that classic i think it was a was it burn was it perez the classic Fantastic Four run that had Doctor Doom and Doctor Doom's son oh. in it. Remember, there's like a I few don't. covers. Of, oh, I'll look it up. I'll send you the issues. But it's a classic, classic tale. I'll definitely send you the issues because I know you've been on a Doom run. Yes. Interesting. Doom's son, huh? Yeah. Who's the mom? Oh, they go into it. Oh. Oh, is it, uh, did he get it on with the Invisible Girl? Oh, that's just, that's not right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because I was thinking about this. You know I love Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. There's that, uh, unfinished story, we'll say. Oh, can I, sorry to interrupt, 199. Take a look at that cover and tell me you don't know that cover. Fantastic for 199. All right, let's see here. That cover is burned into my head. 
Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. That's very good. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that's good. Uh no, but there's that that classic storyline that uh that Kang the Conqueror is a descendant of, of uh Doctor Doom. Interesting. But it's never been like played out. They just kind of brushed it off. I think Stan Lee brought it up early on in the FF. Mm. And uh, and then they played around with it during Secret Wars or whatever. Uh, but then they ended up brushing it off, saying that, uh, no, like, Kang was wrong. Uh, Reed's dad actually built the first time machine, not Doctor Doom. And so he was confused. So he's, he's really Reed's uh, descendant, not Doctor Doom's. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was interesting too because so so last episode we talked about adopted characters and I picked these characters and yep. uh, and so I've been reading these characters. Uh, I I focused on Doom and the High Evolutionary this week, Ooh. and um, I'm going to talk about that stuff. But it was mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. odd because uh, you know Mike Myers, where's mm. my bill? Uh, he he. There's 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 things that he loves. Yes. Th- those things are comics, but he also loves other things that are not comics, but technically are comics because they're comics related things. Sure. Like, sure. like podcasts. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so he always talks about uh, what's the name of that show? Rob Servations. Yep. The Rob Liefeld podcast. And uh, when that show first started, I listened to the first episode and I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm, okay, so mm-hmm. I so I quit listening, but every time I listen to Geek Brunch, um, he always talks about Rob's observations. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a try again. Yeah, jump back in. Jump back in. So now, do you do it like an obsessive comic book person, mm-hmm. meaning you listen to episode two, ah, or are you a smart comic book person and looked for an era that you wanted to listen to and like, I'm just gonna go to episode fifteen because he's talking about X Y Z. Interesting. Let me uh let me look at my podcast app here oh. real quick. I was actually uh I was listening to Rise of the Derivatives today. Hmm. Um in which he was talking about uh why people are wrong about Blade. That was awesome. Uh let's see here. Rob observations, where'd you go? Uh I I'm pretty sure it was the latest episode. Why is it not uh oh there it is. <clears throat> let's see here. All episodes. Oh, yeah, it was the latest episode. Smart. Bring on the bad guys. Smart, smart. So uh, so I was like, I'm going to go back and, and, and try the show again. Mike talks about it all the time. Mike knows good things. He does. And so uh, so I, I got the, the latest episode, and I was worried at first because he starts talking about WandaVision. Mm, and I'm not watching WandaVision. Yeah, yeah I'm not watching spoilers. it. Uh, which sucks because, like, a bunch of shows that I listen to are talking about WandaVision. And so when they get to that point in the show, I got to call it quits. Why don't you just get that uh, Hulu, Disney, ESPN Plus combo pack? Mm, maybe. Then I can watch some uh, Australian footy. Yes, you could. Very That's simple. True. Mm, maybe I should do that. Yeah. Anyways, I did tell my wife tonight that uh, once the show's over, we're going to get at least one month of Disney Plus so I can watch One Division. But by that point, I probably just have to keep paying because uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out yeah, yeah. and Black Widow's coming out and yeah, all the yeah. other stuff. So 
so anyway, so, so I download the latest episode of Rob's Observations, and he starts talking mm-hmm. about WandaVision. And I get scared, but he's not doing any spoilers. And right. then, Nick, it just mm. slaps me in the face. Mm. Because he starts talking about what he says is the greatest villain in comics, Dr. Doom. And I say to myself, self, holy shit, that's the character that I'm reading this year. I must listen very attentively. Uh, And so I did. And he talks about the stuff with Kong that I just mentioned. Uh, But he starts talking about about the story, uh, about how, how Dr. Doom... Uh, was supposed to be Sorcerer Supreme. And I said, Rob Liefeld, you're crazy. That can't be true. That's the strangest Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, but I was wrong, you see, because even though now I'm getting older in my age, uh, mm. you know, and, and I've read a, a ton of comics. And obviously, you know, mm-hmm. I've been reading comics now for over 30 years. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But uh, but there's a lot of comics that I missed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gaps in my reading comics. Sure. And uh, and so he starts talking about this book, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, yeah. Triumph and Torment. Yeah. And so you know, I'm 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 peaked. I'm peaked. I'm peaked because uh, because he he's supposed to be Sorcerer Supreme, and I want to know more. So I'm listening. Then he talks about how Jerry Conway wrote it, and I said, Oh, I like that guy, Jerry Conway. <laughs> hey, he's I good. like. I know him. I, I like know him. him. He's good. Um, Bill Mantle, Roger Stern. I'm like, huh. Oh, yeah, like this sounds great. I should read it. And then he starts talking about the artists, and uh, you know talks about Gene Colan and, and Kevin Nolan. And I'm like, yeah, I know these guys. And then he says Mike Mignola, and I said Mike Mignola did this book. Now I have to read it. Mm-hmm. So immediately I bought this book, and yeah. I read it. And holy moly, Nick, is that a good book? Now did I will you, say this: Did you ever see it in the wild? I have – look, all right. So when I got the book and I looked at the cover, I realized I have seen this book before. But have you seen it out in the wild, the original, like, 89 pressing? No. Because it's just like um, the New Mutants when Marvel was doing those, like, oversized graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Like the square ones. Mm-hmm. It, it was one of those. Oh, really? Square bound. Yeah, that's why it's like, ooh, those pictures are so much bigger than the regular size of a comic book. It, oh, it's so pretty. Well, interesting. So now I need to get a physical copy because I got a digital copy and I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's some nice Magnola. Let me look at this again. Can I tell from this page? No, no, no. Now, I should have known. I think they reissued it, too. Yeah, I should have known because so in this uh, in this digital copy, it's got to be the reissued copy. Um, because, uh, the cover that's on it, let me look at this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this cover is, oh, it is Minola, but it's not mm-hmm. the original cover. This is 1990. Well, it came out in 89. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, anyways, there is, there is, so you have the book, you have the cover, and then you have the table of contents with the creative team. And mm-hmm. then after that, there is another cover and, and, mm. and that cover looks like a square cover. Mm, because mm, it, mm, because it's like it's got a border around it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so my assumption is maybe that's the original cover. Maybe not. I, what the that hell would, do I know? I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? That would be that would be my guess. But when I saw your tweet, I was so excited because it's like I just happened to read that last year. Mm. Not well, a spotlighted character, but I'm like, I, I want to read this. I just bought it. 
I sure. want to reread this. Sure. It was um, so good. You it it was really good. It's like what, forty years old? Uh, yeah, eighty nine. Yeah, forty. So thirty. Thirty. Thirty something. Yeah. Thirty three years. Thirty three years. Um, I think the the inside cover might be the original because this one says nineteen eighty eight. There you go. Anyways, so I read it. It was awesome. Uh, I started reading it, and I was like, this is cool. And then perfect size. Don't you remember? Like, 89, perfect size because they weren't looking for trades or omnibus sales. Yes. That's what it was. That's the size it was supposed to be. Yes. Roger Stern wrote it for that many pages. Yes. Like, oh, God. It's such a good story. Um, so I start reading it, and I'm like, all right. This seems more like a Doctor Strange story, right? Because you have uh, what's his name, Genghis, mm-hmm, Agent mm-hmm. Genghis, and uh, and every time I see like Buddhist monks in Marvel comics, I immediately think just Doctor Strange. Sure. Okay. And possibly because you know the 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 magic stuff in in Marvel, most of what I read includes Doctor Strange stuff, so I'm used to that or kind of Iron thing. Fist. Or Iron Fist, right? Um, but I knew Iron Fist wouldn't be in here. So I'm reading right. it. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, and then like, you know, it's a little cheesy or whatever, but then you see Dr. Doom show up and he's like, Hey bro, you're going to teach me magic. Mm-hmm. And the old guy's like, I ain't teaching you shit, bro. You need to go to Tibet. And I'm like, Tibet. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so he leaves and I'm going to come back to this because this happens again in, in this, the second uh, entry into my Doom reading that mm. expands on this. Mm. Uh, but then Doctor Strange shows up. He's like, Agent Genghis! And he's like, who the hell are you? He's like, I'm here to help you. He's like, alright, whatever. Uh, you just missed Doctor Doom. He's like, Doctor Doom? What the F? Uh, anyway, so you learn about this whole magic thing, right? And uh, and and the purpose of Agent Aged Genghis is one every 100 years he summons like all the magicians of the world and then they like battle it out to become sorcerer supreme. Okay. Um. Now I get to the end of that story, right? Where Strange becomes sorcerer supreme mm-hmm. by figuring out uh, that the the way to become sorcerer supreme is not to uh, attack this magic crystal that has all the uh, the ancient gods in it. Uh, it is to just say, uh, hey, Agent Genghis, why don't you come out of the crystal? And he's like, all right, you're so, so supreme, bro. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what happens. But it is. But there's a caveat, you see. Oh. The caveat yeah. is the Sorcerer Supreme has to give anybody else that survived the battle uh, has to grant them a wish. And who, mm. who else survives the battle but Dr. Doom? So he has to grant them a wish. And nice. what does Doom wish? Of course, he wishes for his mom to come back to life because uh-huh. he might be a bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. I mean, listen, uh-huh. I've been reading some doom. He doesn't seem like that much of a bad guy. Buddy, I read, if I can just throw this out, I just read Doom War. I think we talked about it. It's pretty much a Black Panther, yep. Dr. Doom story. I'm reading that next. Oh, the and I'm not going to, I don't think I'm, I'll be ruining it for you. But to get the vibranium, you have to go. You have to go in and talk to a spirit, mm-hmm. and the only way you can get it is if there's no deceit, no dishonesty, uh, like only good purpose in 
why you need this vibranium. If you do, then this tiger god will give it to you. This yes. panther god will give it to you. And it's amazing because he goes in and everything that he's asking for isn't world domination or anything. It's everything is to only help the world mm-hmm. in his eyes. So it's completely like free of falsehood or deceit. Mm. So he's granted the vibranium. <sighs> it was it was a great and it totally reminded me of your book. It totally reminded me of Triumph the Torment. Very good. Because in, in his head, everything is that way. He's not going after riches. He never has really any interest in that. Right. It's always like the betterment or you don't know really what you need. I know what you need. Well, and so that comes up in this book. But, of course, it's the central theme in the other book that I read, which you know what it is because I just posted it on Twitter. (laughs) And I so happen read it last year. (laughs) Um, So uh, so so he wants to free his mom. And Strange is like, all right, like it's my duty as Sorcerer Supreme to help you uh, get your mom out of uh, out of hell because, you see, his mom was a magician, too. And she sold her soul to the devil to, like, get vengeance on, like, the the baron that was governing Latveria. Mm-hmm. Of course, who's the devil in the Marvel Universe? Mephisto! Yes. I love Mephisto. Yes. I love Mephisto. Mephisto is one of my favorite Marvel characters. He's such a douche. Oh, he's but so he's so good. he's so fun. You know what I mean? Whenever he shows up in a Ghost Rider issue, you know it's going to be a good Ghost Rider. Hell issue. yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, so he's like, Mephisto, we have to go f- get my mom out of hell. So Doctor Strange does his magic, which Doom has been trying to work on magic for years to try to go to hell. Has not worked out. He tries to use technology to go down to hell. Doesn't quite work out. We'll come back to that in the mm-hmm. next book. Um <laughs> That's why these these two were like perfect synchronicity, dude. Yeah. Like, how did you how did you figure this out? Was it totally one of those, random? Well, Rob Servations drew you to this one. Yes. But then how? Where's the bridge to your next book? How so, did that happen? I'll I'll tell you. It's very simple. Spoilers okay. for what the next book is. I read this book and I was like, I need to find some more stories because this is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked up. Appearances of Doctor Doom, and then I looked through the list, mm-hmm. and I saw one book. Well, I saw a couple. One of them was Doom War, and again, that's that's the next one I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this one kind of caught my eye because of the cover, and then I yeah. saw the creative team, and I was mm-hmm. like, ah, that writer, he knows shit. But considering both of them involve his mom, pretty crazy. I agree. And I did not expect that. I just picked yeah. the next one because of the writer. Sort of changes his ma- maniacal, like crazy, fantastic four Doctor Doom. One hundred percent in the like seventies and eighties. Well, I think even uh, even like Triumph and Torment did. Um, oh yeah. With with the way that the story ends up, I'm gonna spoil it for somebody that hasn't read this thirty five year old comic book. <laughs> right. Um, so they go down the hill. They're fighting Mephisto. Mephisto's winning. They're winning. Mephisto's winning. And finally, like, they defeat Mephisto, right? He makes a deal with Mephisto, and he's like, if you win, you can have your mom back. If not, like, I have all three of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, uh, um, that's, that's not it yet. 
he makes a deal where he's going to leave Doctor Strange in hell to replace his mom. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Except that's not the plan because he knows that if he leaves Strange there, he'll get his mom, but he, he won't be able to get her out of hell. He'll just have like that reunion. Um, and so she'll still be tormented by all this stuff. So um, Mephistle thinks this is the plan. He's like, okay, here's your mom. And the mom's like, hey, Victor, like, so good to see you. How long has it been? And uh, he's like, oh, mom, I love you. And I'm like, oh, this guy, he's such a bad guy, but he's so sweet with his mom. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Mephisto's like, haha, thanks for leaving me, Dr. Strange. And his mom's like, Victor, how could you do such a vile thing? And, uh, and it turns out that there is no vile thing because, you see, he tricked him. He gave, Dr. Do- or he gave Strange this device to, uh, to fire at Mephisto. And so he's able to escape from Mephisto's grasp. They both fight Mephisto and defeat him. Because, see, the plan was to trick everybody into thinking that he's going to leave Strange there for his mom. Um, but the real plan is that they were going to kill Mephisto so that none of them would be in hell. Because even though he can't get his mom out of hell by breaking this this pact that he made with Mephisto... And the, mm-hmm. that breaks the pact that she made with Mephisto, and now her soul can go to heaven instead of being stuck in hell. So Mephisto is super mad, and Doom is like, middle finger, and they leave hell. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. It's a great one and done. Yeah, loved it. Uh, I don't even know how many pages it is. 60, I guess? Does that make sense? It's probably something like that. Maybe it's longer. 60, 80, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 book itself is much longer. Uh, it's but like no padding, no, no padding, no padding at all, at all. no yeah. padding at all. Um, and then you have like a backup stories with. Uh, well, they're not backup stories; they're like reprints of Doctor Strange stories and and Doom stories afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but boy, like that one story was freaking banging, dude. Mm-hmm. Banging. When they go to hell, it's like hell yeah. Now we're talking. But he just wants to save his mom, dude. He just wants to save his mom. Just What's wants to save his that? mom. And so, can, so can I circle back to Rob's observation because I didn't course. listen to it? Mm-hmm. How long in how long of how long was it that he was talking specifically about Doctor Doom? I think the whole episode ended up being Doctor Doom. Dang, I might have to listen to it then. Yeah, it's good, dude. It's like an hour long. Dang. Well, I mean, it could have been three minutes, and then I'd be pissed at you because it's like three minutes. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah but, one hour and five minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put that on. Yeah, and he also briefly talks about Magneto, uh, but it's mostly about Doctor Doom. Yeah, like ninety nine percent. Um, but boy, was it good. And I was like, <laughs> thanks, Rob Liefeld, and of course, thanks, Michael Myers. Um, I still but, don't understand how you got to your next book. Because they're so entwined with each other. Listen, let me tell you. It's amazing. The universe works in mysterious ways, Nick. It does. Okay, it knows that I need to be reading Doom this year. Yeah. It knows that the passion in my heart is for Doom. Yes. Yes. Uh, Also, I may or may not have bought a Fantastic 458. Maybe. Ooh. Do tell. So, so I, so I read uh, *Torment and Triumph*, and it was awesome. And so I went and I googled appearances of Doctor Doom, and I saw a good list that I found, and I was like, okay, 
I'll just pick one at random. And I saw this one, and I said, haha, great cover. Haha, I recognize the creative team. That writer, he's one of my favorites, Ed Brubaker. Mm-hmm, he's one mm-hmm. of your favorites. Mm-hmm. He's one of everybody's favorites. If you're not, then get out of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> or go read some more Ed Brubaker. Or go read some Ed Brubaker. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which you're reading something, right? Aren't you reading? Uh, I saw you post something on Twitter. Yeah, I just uh, last night I wrapped up um, him and Sean Phillips might be my favorite duo mm-hmm. of modern writer artist. Uh, I just wrapped up Pulp by them. I don't think I've read that. You should. And just like uh, Torment, it is like 86 pages long. Oh, very good. It's a perfect sit down you sit down once you can read it in less than an hour Very but good. It, it feels like a great noir western i would say Ooh, sure yeah crime? Like that. western western crime noir for I sure like that. yeah it's it's spectacular as expected very nice yeah but go on uh, yeah yeah brew baker yeah let's ed, get back to that ed brew baker you anything he puts out you have to read it you know it's good it's brew baker yeah. right, right. Like has he ever? Let me me ask you, and I'm going to ask the listener: Has Ed Brubaker ever put out a bad comic? That's that is tough. I I would lean on way more home runs than misses. I agree. I think there's so many home runs that if he put out a bad book, nobody remembers it. Right. Or he was such a blip writing it. Like you can't hold you can't hold his whole career to like three bad issues of a title. Mm. Who the hell knows how that happened? Sure, sure. Maybe he did like Howard the Duck, right? And then it's inherently bad because it's Howard the Duck. Then he's off our list. Then he's off our list. Edward Baker, I hope you never wrote Howard the Duck. Because <laughs> then we cannot sponsor you anymore on this podcast. But he wrote some great bat books. That's for damn he sure. He sure did. Yep. He sure did. Uh, all right. So I see Baker, and I said, I have to read this. And I mean, I look at the cover. I don't know how... You you've read this book, right? Uh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So so all the covers uh, are all painted covers. They're Paulo Rivera covers. Yeah, beautiful covers. Paulo Rivera is a freaking genius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, why he doesn't do more comic book work, I don't know. Shame on comic book people. <laughs> That's what I gotta say. Uh, but but it's a six issue miniseries, all painted covers by Paulo Rivera. Uh, you have Brew Baker writing, Raymondi on art. Uh, Farmer does the inks and Brian Reber on colors. Fantastic! The book is called Books of Doom. Go get it. You stop what you're doing right now. You pause this podcast. You go read Books of Doom right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- 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 here's the problem, Nick. This book is so good, so Uh-oh. good that I'm afraid to continue reading any Doctor Doom books because I know they will not be as good as this. You're not wrong. But uh, so the great thing about this book is, again, it's a six, six or mini. Um, it's basically the life of Dr. Doom. And so it starts with his childhood in Latveria and, you know, growing up and, you know, being in like the gypsy tribe or whatever and being rebels, uh, how he meets uh, Valeria, um, how he gets to the United States to meet Reed Richards and like they're back and forth during quote unquote college um yeah because like they're both the smartest man in the world and uh and how like he becomes doom basically mm-hmm. and 
and it also, as a result, fills in some of the gaps from Torment and Triumph. Because you see mm-hmm. him, like, meet this guy who he grew up with that's been watching him. And he's like, oh, it's because the KGB, uh, they want to enlist him to join the KGB. And he's like, if you're KGB, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his, his buddy turns out to be, like, a secret monk spy for the monks in Tibet. And he's like, you got to go to Tibet. He's like, why the hell would I go to Tibet? He's like, magic, bro. You can learn magic there. <laughs> And so he goes to Tibet, and the thing you don't see in Torment and Triumph, but you see here, is him fighting a goddamn Yeti. Mm-hmm. It's the best. And I assume he eats him, because he's like walking through the Himalayas, like carrying a Yeti on his back. And so it was good. awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. And you get like, you see him as a person. You know what I mean? And I think uh, I think that's important sometimes with, with establishing like a villain's history. Uh, mm-hmm. And not making it seem like I mean, no disrespect to Stan or anything, but the way that he appears in DFF, right, right, uh, where it's just like this, just pure evil guy. Mm-hmm. That's boring. You know, it's not boring. Ed Brubaker's books of doom. Go read it right now. Um, <laughs> it's so, it's yeah. dude, it's so freaking good. Yeah, Mark Farmer does some of the what is it, pencils or inks? Yeah, inks. Yeah, he's oh, he's so good. Yes, it's very good. It's very good. And uh and, and there's there's like a and of course you get the story with his mom, right? Like how his mom mm-hmm. began to learn magic and like I love the, the gypsy stuff. Yeah, the gypsy stuff's great. And the the gypsy stuff does not show up in, in Torment and Triumph mm-hmm. um by name, right? Like you still see him in his like clan, um, but they're not like specified as gypsies. Uh, but it makes sense in terms of like the story and I guess like the general geographic region uh, sure. that they're in. Um, so so you get to see like how his mom becomes in, involved in magic and like how that affects the relationship with his dad. Um, and like when she gets killed, you don't. I, I think you see like Mephistopheles' face, um, but uh, but you don't get like that whole story told in here. Um, and then you also you don't see him meet like aged Genghis or anything like that either. But you have the Himalaya stuff, and then like it goes much more in depth into how he becomes like the leader of this Himalayan monastery, this, this monk monastery, mm-hmm. um, because that does show up in in Torment and Triumph, um, how he becomes the leader of of the monastery and how he gains his mask, right? Because they they make the mask for him, mm-hmm. uh, and so you see like the whole background story of that. In, in books of war, books of doom i almost said books of war uh books mm-hmm. of doom and uh man it was so good it's like a globe-trotting adventure because it's goddamn brubaker and he loves that shit you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like a, a spy story with this awesome fucking villain i love it yeah i wish i wish he would write a book of the young reed richards and victor Maybe they get hired by a spy agency to do some wacky tech covert ops stuff. Mm. You know, Brubaker loves his covert ops. He sure does. And like, there's a little bit of that, right? Because uh, like the U.S. government goes to Latveria to enlist Doom because they know he's like a super genius. Mm-hmm. And and I so I just that... want more Brubaker. Like, actually, give me a uh, Hickman with like the techno babble. Yeah. Yeah. With both of them. Yep. I, I would, but I would love to see him young. We're gonna talk about Hickman later. Oh. oh, oh. When I talk about my other adopted character. 
but uh, but yeah, God, it's so good. Must mm-hmm. read. Although I will say, I was slightly confused at the end, hmm. and I think it might be because I have so many gaps in Doom, and so I don't know what's going on in the rest of the Marvel universe at the time this book ends. Mm. Because at the end, there's a reporter um, in Latveria, like gets an interview with Doom, and she's like, "I want to like I want to see your face, right?" Mm-hmm. Your real face, and you know he's very uh he he hates he hates showing his face, right? Um, for a very stupid reason, he's very vain, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think uh I think in some of the some from from what I remember in some of the stories with Doom, he's like horrifically scarred, right? And in the yeah, movies, like the man in the iron mask, exactly. And in the movies, that's what they played too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not horribly scarred. He just has like a scratch on his cheek, and see Rob Liefeld goes into this in that episode of Observations, mm. because when Stan and Jack were doing this, uh, that was Stan's thing all along, that he was just so vain about his appearance that just this one little tiny scar on his cheek, he felt like he was completely deformed, hmm. and that's why he wore the mask. But there's nothing wrong with his face. Interesting. Yeah, of course that's changed over the years. Um, But uh, but so he goes and takes his mask off, and he's like a robot human hybrid, right? He's like an android, Mm. Uh, which plays into the story because when he was at the university with Reed, he was building like um, robotic soldiers, which he uh, like he would use that right as like his private army, basically. Yeah, the Doombots. Uh, that's when he started working on him, and it and the way that they explain it is that Doom is not actually in charge of Latveria. It's one of these Doom bots that's in charge of Latveria, but he created mm-hmm. he created them so human like that the robots think that they're human, mm-hmm. and so this robot thinks he is the real Doctor Doom, but he's not. I think so, Doom bots might be my favorite uh, robot in the Marvel U. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I mm. like the vision, but I like Doom. The Doombots are just so cool. But then again, I love like AIM and Hydra, like anything that's just a mass of like the same identical look and pattern. And they're all like very one note, but it's just an entire like gaggle of people. Mm. I like that in like, I don't know, it, it makes good action scenes. And I've always liked Doombots, especially when doom is just sort of like you go here you do this you do that like knowing that they all have his intellect so they know exactly what he needs right 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 yeah that is cool, cool. that is cool um but so so for the listeners let me know where the hell doom is uh but it was still freaking awesome yeah so and, but see that's what's great about a, adopt a character that you don't know the entire history because i love when there's blind spots and like shoot now i have to go like my problem with captain america talking about nomad and then they reference mm. like oh here's an appearance here's an appearance then i was like dang now i have to go back and read whatever it was 69 shoot <laughs> but knowing like i'm gonna get no- more nomad so who the hell cares this is gonna be awesome mm-hmm. but uh but yes highly enjoyed it and so i read this book and i was so fucking excited about how good it was that uh, I can neither confirm nor deny, in case my wife is listening, uh, that uh, I got a fantastic 458. 
I looked at the cover of 58, and that is a pretty, pretty cover. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Doom's so good. Uh, It is. It is. Yeah. So, so Nick, I have to say, because you recommended I read Dr. Doom, mad props to you. Uh, my goal for this year yeah. is going to be to acquire every appearance of Dr. Doom. What? 100%. This character rocks. He does rock, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess I know that not everything's going to be a brew baker. No, no. Uh, but that's fine. But it's good to go back, and even if you're just looking at the one-dimensional Doom, all of a sudden it'll connect up with like, oh, that's the reference Brew Baker was making. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. That now it's all like colored in, like you're coloring in background. Right. Yeah. That. Oh, so good. Right. And there's so many great appearances by. I mean, you better jump over and start reading some X Men. Because he did a couple appearances there. What the hell? Well, you know, I did read some X-Men. In Ooh. fact, well, I don't want to spoil that yet. Oh, we'll, okay. we'll get to oh. that. We'll get to oh. that. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't want any of you fools going on eBay and start buying up all the Doctor Doom books. Okay? Yeah. Listen, fools. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy <laughs> unless you're that guy that's going to send them over to Martin, okay. which is Care of Nerdy Legion. And be that guy. And we applaud you. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Very good. Very good. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so, yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, which also, it's kind of stupid, to be honest. Because really, the money that I'm going to spend doing this, uh, you know, it might not even be that much. Because his appearances are not very expensive. Um, but, I mean, I could use that money and buy that one last Moon Knight issue that I'm missing. You know what uh, I mean? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's so, been your... Uh, that's been your uh, white elephant for how long? Uh, probably about uh, five or six years now, I would guess. I know. Yeah, that's I know. a long time. Long time. Oh, and just to let you know, I did look up uh, Fantastic Four 199 just for the listener. The reason that cover is so kick-ass, Keith Pollard. Ah, very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. So when I'm picturing the cover and I'm like, I think it was Byrne. I think it was Perez. Guess what? In my head, I'm putting Keith Pollard up there, boys. Sorry. He is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Very good. Tell me, uh, tell me about something you read or watched. Oh, oh buddy. I, I got to Okay. This might be on the <laughs> other end. Uh-oh. You know how much I love Immortal Hulk? Oh, yeah. You know how much I love Dan Slott's Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. I read Empire. Oh, with a Y. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And as soon as I got into it, because the trade doesn't tell you like, oh, it's individual issues that bobble back and forth and make up this story. I didn't read any of the road to, I didn't read any of the connecting issues. Maybe that's my fault. Listener, <laughs> am I missing out? You tell me. But just mainlining the the story, I read the first issue, Avengers meet a creep. I read a Fantastic Four issues, Fantastic Four meets a scrawl. And by like the third issue, I mean, as you well know, uh, Mr. Ronnie Barron and Aaron Bell and I, we go into the division pretty much nightly. That's right. So I get three issues in and I'm like, Ronnie, is this one of those Marvel events that really is just a crossover, but they want to call it an event? What the hell are you doing back there? (laughs) 
what the, are you like doing an oil change? Did you just get <laughs> up a car? What Look, the hell's going on back there? I was moving in my chair. Oh my lord almighty, you need a new chair. Put some oil on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I need to throw this chair out. Did you uh, just drop acid and you were leaning all the way back? No, I was actually I was I was switching legs. So I had my right leg folded over. Now I have my left leg folded over. And uh, and the dude, the, this chair is very comfy, so I don't want to throw it away. But it's falling apart, Nick. You need some oil in that. There's thing. there's Holy listen God. the the armrest on the right just like fell off. Jeez. Okay. If that chair's rocking, don't bother knocking. Holy mackerel, that was loud. So so now there's only a, an a, an armrest on the left, and like it's about to fall off. So when it falls off, I already have a chair. I've had a new chair <laughs> for like six months. Oh my God. Uh, but until this one falls apart completely, I refuse to change it. Continue. No, no, no. I just asked Ronnie, is this pretty much a crossover? And let me guess, both groups are on different sides of this conflict, and then they are misrepresented or they mishear something, and then they have to battle. Mm. That's you know, how it always like, goes. Put me, in, put me in the Wayback Machine and send me back to the early 80s because that's exactly like, am I watching Three's Company or uh, some horrible sitcom that they overhear something incorrectly and then that's the whole episode or something in the 80s comic books that do the exact same damn thing? And that's pretty much what it was. I was like, oh my God. I was, it was a trudge to get through. Mm. Just a, Oh my God, it was, yeah, like I said, maybe I missed something because I didn't, I didn't read any of the tie-ins or the road to, I'm not sure, but even the voices of the teams didn't sound like the voices I'm used to. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind slots. Fantastic four. I read the first three trades, so I know what he sounds like in the fantastic four. That's fine. But it just didn't, I don't know. It felt very not connected with each other. Mm. So that was that was a little bit of a letdown. But the other two, I'm going to need Martin Ferretti's personal opinion on, because they're bat books. Mm. Mm. And I I read my first black label book. Oh, oh, that's right, you did. They both might be black label. You can correct me. Sure. But I read Scott Snyder's Batman Last Night on Earth with yep. Greg Capullo, and that book. I even asked. Uh, the boys again, I was like, explain Black Label to me. Is this just an Elseworld book? Like, should I not be trying to figure out, is any of this going to bleed over into the mainstream books and just read it like a Black, uh, like a Elseworld book? And that's pretty much what they told me. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't, don't try to find strings where there are no strings. These are just all original stories. You know, they're takes. They're independent mm-hmm. takes. And I got to say, Three Jokers by Johns, and last night on Earth, when I take them completely away from like context and I just look at like, oh, it's an Elseworld book, like detach your history. Both of them were really, really entertaining, shockingly entertaining. So I have not read uh, Three Jokers yet. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. I have not read Three Jokers yet. Uh, because, dude, it's been like they've been talking about that book for like 10 years. You know what I mean? So, uh, so it's fine. Um, but I have read Last Night on Earth, and you know I have this. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's no secret 
I have this this thing. I love Scott Snyder. He's such a nice man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is how you begin with an apology when you're about to say something not nice. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, he's such a nice man. I but don't want to offend you and then you say the most offensive. <laughs> but yes, but go I, ahead. I, I just don't like his mainstream books. I love his like his stuff, mm. right? His indie stuff. Sure, but I, sure. I just don't like his, his mainstream stuff. Um, I, he, he did some good stuff with Batman. I enjoyed most of that run. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but then after that, it was just like, eh. Because uh, he was um, – so I read, I read an interview once. And, uh, and apparently, like, his plan when he was doing Batman was to stop at, like, issue 42. Okay? Uh-huh. Like, he had the story to tell. Uh-huh. But DC was like, you're doing such a good job. Just continue. And so, you're making so much money for yeah, us. Why you're making you us so much money. Guys. Um, so they backed up the Briggs truck. And uh, and he continued for whatever, like twelve more issues. James and, Gordon in a bunny outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, put him in. Yeah, that. let's do it. Uh, and so that's what we got. And like, listen, it was fine. Okay, I didn't yeah. hate it. Everybody else hated it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But like, eh, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Um. And then he did like, you know, metal and death metal and punk rock metal and European death metal. Yeah. All and. Just to be transparent, I didn't read any of that stuff yet, so I don't know a lick of that. Sure. You might I'm like just, it. I'm just going off of Last Night on Earth. I'm just going off of it felt like a lone wolf and cub type story. Mm, yeah. Um, sort of Mad Max mixed in a little bit. Yeah. Yet it, yet it sort of drips a little bit into, hey, if you know, if you've read such and such issue 20 years ago, this might mean more to you. Nudge, nudge, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, which, but with all that it said. It was fun. With was all that fun. said, I liked Last and, Night on Earth. And let me tell you, three issues, perfect amount. Good size. Perfect amount. You don't need much more than that. I mean, they're oversized, but still good yeah. size. But still, yeah, it's not like he wrote like 20 issues. This thing was 20. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, good size. It wasn't size. padded out. Wonder Woman, very good too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like I liked her depiction. Yeah, it was nice. It was interesting. It was different. Yeah. But uh, but it was good. Yeah, I uh, I liked I liked Last Night on Earth. It was good. Good 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 black label book. Not the best. And again, I haven't read Three Jokers, so I can't comment. Um, Let me tell you, Jason Fabok, mm-hmm. if he wasn't trying to harness the energy of Brian Boland. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his influence was then, because it had to be Brian Poland. Interesting. It really, really engaged me just for that. Interesting. And it's it's a good Jeff John story. Like I, just like last night on Earth, you're in and you're out. There's no fluff. This is it. This is just a real quick story. Yeah. Three issues. Ah, oh, it was. It was. I think that's what I appreciated. Instead of these trades that are like almost a mandatory, it has to be six to eight issues. And of course, they're going to like, you know, space them out. And like, it just, it's rare that you find comic books today that are tight, that are Mm. just like no fat allowed. Like these are just so streamlined and perfect because everyone's writing for a trade. Sure. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. Now, did I enjoy all of, did I enjoy the concept that Johns was throwing out there at the end? Eh. 
but did but was the was I completely engaged with the um Jason Todd Barbara uh connection with Batman? That was really that was a cool dynamic, those three. It was neat to see. Hmm. So I liked it. I liked let, it a lot. Let me ask yeah. you, because hmm. uh this three jokers thing is a long time coming, right? Sure. Um did you read uh Jeff Johns' uh Justice League? The first two trades. Okay. Did you read Dark Side War? Yes. Okay. So spoilers for a five year old comic. I mean, what are you doing? Um at the end of Dark Side War, or near the end, Batman sits on the Mobius chair and he asks what the Joker's real name is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the setup for Batman Three Jokers. Oh, good to know. Okay. So now that I'm telling you this, yes. is that is that revelation worth it? Do you want me to spoil it for you? Yes, you may spoil it for me. Okay, good, because then I won't. Um, <laughs> that is addressed. Uh huh. That part of the story, um, there is closure to it. Okay. It becomes a central point, and there's a couple shocking bits revolving around his name that is that was really really cool do i believe that they're canon no because this is this a black label book so i can't believe it's canon mm. but the way it's approached in it is really really deep and it isn't and i will spoil this for you it isn't the typical modern comic let's just drop this little point once in the book and then move on no it, it's addressed multiple times okay yeah, it's worth it. If that's if that's what you want, that's your little nugget, it's really, really worth it. Very good. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I haven't read it. Yeah. But but I've been thinking about this for five years now. Let me have... let me share this with you before I before and I certainly won't spoil this. Three Jokers deals with a lot with Jason Todd's last minutes as the Jokers pounding him with the crowbar. Oh, interesting. It addresses it. Joker, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but Joker tells Jason Todd exactly what Jason Todd said to the Joker before the last swing of the crowbar. And that was effing, like, I'm getting goosebumps. That was huh. effing awesome. And then the pain that Jason Todd goes through when he finds out Joker that Batman might know Joker's real name and why hasn't he ever told him or Barbara? And then the way Batman has to address that, and then he has the same talk with Alfred, and he has to address it there, and same with Gordon, and he has to address it there. I see. Fascinating. It was a really cool character study. But since it's a Black Label book, will it be canon? No. Mm-hmm. But it was, re- I mean, I never really thought, and they never, it seems like you never really get a great dive into, you get Jason Todd after he comes back. And the pain and loneliness that he went through. But even Barbara throws out to Batman, why wouldn't you ever track him down and try to bring him back into the cave and try to heal this broken person, you know, that he trusts? Why wouldn't you ever try to do that? If you knew he was out there, why wouldn't you ever try to help him? Mm -hmm. And even just that scene was like, wow, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is messed up. Holy man! Like, hey, Batman, you have some explaining to do. Like, wow. 
So it's good. Like it's it's a good Jeff Johns book. It is not a rushed book. And I think that's sort of where he fell for Justice League, at least from what I read. Yeah. It felt a little limited. It felt a little rushed at times. And it felt like a small little chunk of story that had to be expanded upon to make an art. Mm-hmm. And this is really, really tight. Dude, it is really, really tight. All right. With this being Jeff Johns, on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. how many nine panel grids are there in this book? <laughs> you know what? And I think it's because it's the title of the book. There's a lot of three-panel grids. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm going to read this. I didn't notice the nine, but honest to God, even digitally, I noticed a lot of three panels. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, it, I'll I'll read it this week, and, and I'll, I'll let you know what I think. But when, it sounds when, good. When you do read it, let me know if you see the Brian Boland. Uh-huh. And I'm not even talking about killing jokes. Like, I get it that there's a Joker in there from Killing Joke. Okay, I get it. But not even just that Joker is it Brian Boland-esque. There's parts to it that remind me of his Batman and detective covers that he used to draw, as well as, like, his, I don't know, just like Camelot 3000, like that look. Mm. But, whew, it is good. Oh, my God, it's so good. All right, I'm going to check this out. Uh, since, uh, since you're reading some Black Label, let me recommend you two Black Label books. Oh, please. I would love it. Okay. I mean, not like there's so many Black Label books. Oh. Uh, but, uh, Sean Phillips, White Knight, very good. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, John Paul as, well, never mind. I- I'm not going to spoil John Paul's in it. I like that. You know that. Uh, and, uh, he does everything. He does the, uh, the writing and the art. Okay. John Phillips. And it's beautiful. Great. And let me also recommend Harleen. Ooh. Uh, it is written and drawn by Stepan Sedgik. Oh. Ho, ho. So, you know, he's okay. got a, a very distinct style. Yes, he does. Uh, it's beautiful. And it's really interesting. Okay. It's very psychological. I, I will throw those on the list. Yeah, put those on your list. Very good. Highly enjoyed it. Uh, that's good, man. That's good. I'm going to check out this Three Jokers. I will say the next couple of books I'm going to read, just to throw them out to you, and you can tell me, like, eh, don't waste your time. Mm. I'm, but I don't think you will. I'm going to be reading some BPRD. Ah, nice. Uh, vampires, specifically. Nice. Uh, Black Hammer, Streets of Spiral. Good. And then I'm revisiting an oldie but a goodie, a little Matt Kent Exo Man of War. Ah, Nice. Yeah. Very good. Not my favorite X-Men War run, but it's good. It's good. It's yeah, interesting. It's, it's it, I think it's good to reread it. And at least Matt Kent, at least with this first arc, he brought back why I loved the relaunch of X-Men War because it was very Conan-ish. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it went back to that, which is really cool. Yeah, that runs interesting. Yeah. And I love, I love that he buried the armor. <laughs> and then he goes out to the armor and cracks off a piece to make a ring mm-hmm. for his finger. And the armor's like, you didn't have to do that. You could have just asked me. You could have just asked piece. me. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Instead, I will violate you. Uh, again, not my favorite run, but it's good. And yeah. uh, spoilers, it's better than the current run. Ooh, 
Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, look, I love Valley Comics, but uh, the current run, not my favorite. Okay. Well, hey. Maybe it'll grow on you. Not my favorite. Uh, what, what was the second book that you said? I, I was going to make a comment. I don't want to interrupt you. You said oh, B- B- okay. BPRD. What was the second one? And the other one was going to be Black Hammer uh, Streets of ah, Spire. That's right. So yeah. ha- have you read the other Black Hammer stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. I'm cu- I was just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're all pretty self-contained, but you know, if you're like invested in the Black Hammer universe, then it helps to getting uh, them out of order. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta check out Matt. Matt Kent's got a new book. God, what's the name of it? Fear something. Fear case. Okay. Fear case. Uh, who was talking about it? Um. Fear case. Oh, it was uh, First Issue Club, that podcast. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fear case from Dark Horse Comics. Oh, cool. Just came out last week. Uh, I've been meaning to check that out because uh, I love Matt Kent. Matt Kent's uh, indie stuff, especially. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And after those, uh, just to let you know, I'm going to be dipping back into my spotlighted character and reading uh, Flash Book Two by Mark Waite. Ah, nice. That's a good one. I've read that. Yeah, Mark yeah. so good. That's very good. Well, I mean, since you know, since you brought up uh, highlighted characters, adopted characters, oh man, this yeah. art is bananas on Fear Case. Ooh. Ooh, Tyler Jenkins, baby. Yeah, he's good. Um, man, this is like extra Tyler Jenkins. Holy shit! <laughs> he sprinkled some Jenkins. She, she sprinkled some extra Jenkins on that. Yeah, damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I need to read this like now. Cool. Um, okay, so my one of my other adopted characters. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Before we leave Black Label, uh-huh. you didn't recommend uh, the other Batman book. Which what one was it? War was it a Warren Ellis book? The bat, the bat penis one. Oh, the bat penis one. Yeah, it was fine. Okay, so these two above that. Look, the, the look, the bat penis book was good. Okay. No, I'm the, asking. The, here's the problem. Okay. Uh, when people start talking a whole shit ton about bat penises, I just lose interest. You know what I mean? And look, I read I read the book, the original uncensored book, and I also read a censored copy. You can barely tell the difference, bro. It's a shadow. But well, I guess to that point, I don't know one damn thing about that book story wise. Uh, I thought you were gonna say about Batman's penis. No, I know about Batman, Batman's penis and that it's a black label book and it's an author that I really like. Right. Other than that, I couldn't tell you what the story is about. No <laughs> idea, because everyone only talks about the dumb penis thing. <laughs> uh, it's so funny that you say that. I was listening to um, Brightside today. Nice. And uh, and they were, talk- they were doing Speculator Corner and John was talking about the uh, Immortal Hulk book. Oh yeah, the, the with the the Jewish stuff. Yeah, the kerfluffle uh, anti-Semitism stuff. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. Um, which I look, I, I'm not making excuses for the guy. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. Sure. Um, I I read his statement and it seems very genuine. That's all I will say. But also, how much can you lean on? Well, it's reversed on a window, so I'm not really sure about. You know, it's like. Well, dude, you can flip it and look at it yourself. Like, yeah, well, it, it, uh, you're right. Again, I'm not making excuses for the guy. Uh, he he seems genuinely apologetic. 
He did. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't seem like he did it on purpose. And uh, also, there wasn't a history involved. In it. And, and there was no history involved. This guy's a very right. nice guy. Um, no, I'm just saying it. It hasn't. He had a long comic book career and no one else has been able to be like well when he was on this title he had this in it too correct correct yeah Yeah, yeah, uh so there's none of that uh with that said i mean it's not like uh you know this is not like uh, a kickstarter comic you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. this is from a, a giant publisher and and these books go through like a dozen editors before they come out and nobody caught it all right, so um, Batman Damned is the one that you were talking about, by the way. I had to look it up, and of course I looked it up by looking up Bat Penis. So yeah, who wrote who wrote that? Oh dang, I already closed my screen. Hang on. Oh sorry. No, you're fine. <clears throat> Batman Damned, Brian Azzarello with art by Lieber Mayho. There we go. Yeah, Brian Azzarello. Yeah. Which yeah, this and and guess what, Joe Bennett. I certainly hope he doesn't get canceled. Unlike the like the accidental canceling or at least almost canceling of Jay Lee when that happened, it's like, oh yeah, holy crap! Well, <laughs> like, there, there was that one other guy that was working on the X Men book a couple years ago, uh, and he got canceled. But like, he did that shit on purpose. He definitely did, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Joe Bennett did it on purpose. I don't think so either. Um, yeah, but they were talking about it because like the book is like super hot now. Hmm? Um, because well, like people hot for a while. Because well, yes, but people like want to see this like anti-Semitic page. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Just like the Chicken cover mm. to what was it? United States of whatever it was. Oh God, yeah. What was the name of that book? It was an image book, wasn't it? United. States of Chaken. Let's find out. <laughs> Divided States of Hysteria. That's it. There we go. There we go. I knew we both knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like it's that's still, another one, ab- right? Like Chaken does his stuff on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. To like piss people off on purpose. He's a troll. Right. Get over it. But then guess what? It drives up that one cover because everybody wants that cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. All right. So one of my other adopted yeah. characters is yeah. the High Evolutionary. Okay. Now I gotta tell you, my first introduction, not so good. Uh oh. Not so good. However, the highlight of my introduction to the character is yeah. the High Evolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> just the story that I decided to read um, was not the best, and I, I will tell you why. Uh, mm. I, I I like the character. Uh, in fact, the story that I chose to read is a. Was mm, 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 mm. uh, so it the summer crossover event? So so I read Evolutionary War. Yeah. Okay. It's a eleven and a half part series. I will explain the half soon. Uh, an eleven and a half part series. It runs through X Factor, Punisher, Silver Surfer, New Mutants, Fantastic Four, Amazing Spider Man. X-Men, Web of Spider-Man, West Coast Avengers, Spectacular Spider-Man, and the Avengers proper. And then the half. I love it. Okay. Um, The character himself, awesome. I love it. Yeah. The first issue that I read of this crossover, I really enjoyed. The X-Factor book. Because Mm. it heavily features Apocalypse. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so and so apocalypse and high evolutionary have this like thing about controlling the like genetic future of humanity, right? And so they're like having conversations. And high high evolutionary is like I got to do this thing and apocalypse is like let me teleport over here and tell you why you're wrong. And high <laughs> evolutionary is like yeah, I don't care. I'm out of here. And so he leaves and apocalypse comes back like teleports back in. He's like Listen, you're not listening to me, bro. Uh, so like this happens for a couple pages, and I loved it. I loved it, and I, and I wish that 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 dynamic showed up in all of these books. Like I wish Apocalypse would have been there the whole time. Well, because it would have been perfect. Sure, it would have been perfect. Uh, just like my Moon Knight story featuring Apocalypse. Okay, uh-huh. perfect. Uh, but that's not the case. Here's 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 the problem. The character himself, awesome. I I love what he's trying to do. It's it's in some ways similar to like the Doom thing, right? Where like he's a bad guy because he's doing stuff that like pisses the superheroes off. Uh-huh. But he's just trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it just so happens that like he's killing people, maybe whole species, maybe sometimes like you know parts of planets, like whatever, all the stuff. But like he yeah. does good things, like. He tries to get rid of all the cocaine in the world. Okay, this is actually a subplot in this. Uh, of, of course, of course, it comes about in in the Punisher issue, uh, illustrated by by Tex himself. So yeah. so that I liked. Um, man, like there's this one panel where Punisher's like overlooking this like drug dealer town. Uh, Dude, the way that Tex draws Punisher is so fucking good, dude. Like his face, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah, um, anyways, and it also shows up again in Spider-Man when we introduce the brand new hero, Speedball. No one cares. No one. No one cares. No. No. Uh, Speedball, uh, probably worse than Gold Balls. <laughs> okay. You're not gonna find his action figure, hopefully. Yeah, just just throwing it out there. His superpower is that he can bounce things. <laughs> fantastic uh and by things i mean himself and he can't control it because he's just like Correct. he's learning about his powers uh terrible um but so it runs through all these books and i think i think on some of the books it fits better right so like in this x factor annual i really enjoyed it uh it fits really well into like what the high evolutionary was trying to do uh and i love the the thing with uh with apocalypse the the story with the punisher like it just didn't make sense. It's like, how can we put this into this story? Um, the Punisher loves fighting like drug kingpins. Let's just do that. Um, and so, like, High Evolutionary sends his his group out to like kill this drug dealer because uh, you know drugs like mess up the genetic pool. Um, and so he wants to kill this drug dealer. Sure. And and Punisher's there trying to take out the drug dealer, but then they team up. Because the high evolutionary is worse. Uh, and that kind of comes up again in the Spider-Man books because, of course, you have the Kingpin. Uh, so in, in one of the Spidey books... Well, uh, do you need me to to explain to you why Punisher was put into that story? Yes, please. Uh, because it was a best-selling book for Marvel. So, of uh, course, it would be included. Come uh, on. I, well, I, I have some thoughts about this. Uh, so I'm not going to run through like the plot of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I can I can name like all of the like annual crossovers that they did back then. Mm-hmm. 
there's so many of them that, and I've read tons and I've loved everyone. And I love the one you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but are they a tight story that there is no fat involved? No, they're the worst type of annuals around because the story is very, very thin and yet it's padded to be an extra large annual. Yes. And they're terrible that that way. But as a flashback reread, I love them all. I love them all. Well, I don't know if you know this, but there is a snafu in the reading order. What? You mean yes. they published uh, published one out of order? Yes. Oh, boy, Marvel. Come yes. On. So before I get to that, I'm, I'm going to say you're 100% correct. Yeah. And, and that is what ruined this story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I as I'm reading the story, and and I caught this like immediate, like I was excited after X Factor, right? But then I read the Punisher story, and I'm like, what happens here is, uh, these are all annuals, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's a it's an event happening across annuals, and the only reason that they're doing this is to make sure that the annuals sell. Yep. And so you do this crossover. For you know, a lot of people might skip the annuals, but if it's right. a part of a big story, now you got to read them. Mm-hmm. Okay, marketing smart. Uh, however, it just doesn't work very well in this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, they never do. Yeah, Atlantis, it, Atlantis attacks. Boy, there were some oh, real boy. dips, but there were some really good stuff too. But I also think that was my rose-colored glasses wanting to read something a little kitschy. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, you know how I discovered the Evolutionary War, mm. High Evolutionary War? And I don't know if you've read it yet, but it's the first volume of the Hickman Fantastic Four run, mm. The Abandoned City of the High Evolutionary. I have not. That was, And it's by Dale Eaglesham, too, which, mamacita. Nice. Um, but I would highly recommend reading that because it was that uh, collection that made me want to read the high evolutionary war just because it's like, I want more. I want to know more about this villain. What the heck is this about all this gene splicing and, you know, uh, creating the perfect uh, person or character or whatever. Like he just, he wants to play God with genes. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend the abandoned city of the high evolutionary. Highly recommend it. I just found it. So I'm going to purchase here, here in a minute. Yeah, it's good. Um, so, so you're right. And so, because of the fact that this is like an event across annuals, it just it just doesn't fit very well. Um, no. And you know what's really weird? Like one a part of the crossover is in in the X Men annual written by Chris Claremont. Mm-hmm. And so you would think Chris, he's the man. He like when you think X Men, that's what you want to read the Claremont stuff, right? Yeah. Um. The problem is, it's almost like it doesn't fit into the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, because they're trying to like resurrect the Savage Land, and mm-hmm. so and so the High Evolutionary just kind of becomes like their friend, and they just like help him do it, because <laughs> like that seems like a cool thing to do. Um, <laughs> so so at no point in this issue does the High Evolutionary seem like a threat, right? And when you name your event like the Evolutionary War, you think like, oh, this guy, like, he's gonna wreck some havoc. But then you <laughs> get to this X. Yeah, but then you get to this X Men annual, and you're like, 
well, wait a second. This guy's this guy's all right. You see, like, Kazar at the end and stuff. He's like, hey, you're back, guys. And you're like, all right. Like, you know, the world's a better or, place. <laughs> or was this just Claremont's uh, desire to bring back Kazar because he has a whole other, like, story arc in mind? So it's like, well, this is a good way to do that. Okay, sounds good. Well, that's true. You nailed it because you know, and uh, in, in listeners, if, if, if you don't know, uh, you know Claremont doesn't give two shits. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, editorial reaction? Yeah, cool. Like, this is what I'm writing, yeah. uh, is the way it works. Or they uh, forced me to do this. All right, I won't be throwing any fight into this issue. It will just be X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Slap that stupid banner on my book. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so that, so, you know, that was mildly disappointing, but, like, also hilarious at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just feel like the the range of books that this thing takes place in i would have loved to see like more characters crossing over or like telling each other hey the high evolutionary is doing this shit like watch out you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and there's not Mm -hmm. like not even that right right yeah um in uh there's there's like a a mild thing like that in the silver surfer annual um because the the eternals show up because the high evolutionary uh, wants the Eternals to capture the Silver Surfer and and uh, scan his DNA so that the High Evolutionary can put it in his database and like mm-hmm. make humanity a better thing. Yep, um, yep. Which they manage to capture him because the Super Scroll just like magically appears in front of the Silver Surfer, um, just like reintegrates from somewhere else, and and so they're fighting out in space. And the the Eternals just like capture both of them. Um, hey, hey, Martin, just to let you know, yeah, I hear the direction you're going in with this book. Uh huh. Just your descriptions of all this. Uh huh. Makes me want to reread it. <laughs> Listen, all right. Sounds so, so good. Th- this event is from like '88. Okay. Right? So uh, don't expect like amazing writing. Right. I know exactly what I'm expecting. Yeah. Everything yeah, it, you're describing sounds freaking awesome. <laughs> I actually, I really like the Silver Surfer one, um, even though like the Eternals for me are kind of a, a big spot. And maybe I should like read some of that stuff with that movie coming out. But uh, but yeah, it was interesting. There was another one that was kind of weird. Uh, which one was it? Maybe like Web of Spider Man. Like the young gods show up, and I'm like, what is happening here? Like why? <laughs> I know, um, I know. Uh. And, like, Slug shows up in that one. I'm like, I don't want to see Slug. Did you see that picture that I put on Twitter? <laughs> uh, so so if you don't know who Slug is, for uh, for the Star Wars fans, that might be a, a better analogy. Uh, Slug looks like if the Kingpin were Jabba the Hutt, that's Slug. <laughs> and this is one panel where, like, people are, like, you know, taking care of him because he's, he's a drug dealer in Miami. And and there's one guy like I guess maybe like bathing him and he's like stuck inside his fat folds. So you're selling this to me more and more. <laughs> this sounds awesome. Um, but the, here's the thing, though, right? Like even though I'm crapping on this, I still enjoyed it because the thing is, there's um, there's like a fun element. Yeah. Throughout the event that sometimes you you miss. When comics get really serious nowadays, right? It's just like, especially during these crossovers, uh, annual crossovers, all of a sudden, 
and I mean, little Nick back in the day would be reading one of these crossovers and he didn't have any money to buy any of the other ones, just the Spider-Man one. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man is in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and it's like all of a sudden, like there's Captain Britain. But little Nick, young Nick was like, hell yeah, there's Captain Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like the whole point of him being in London, just completely over my head. Oh, well, big deal. Big deal. Um, I did like the the way that the whole thing played out in New Mutants. Mm, um, yeah. So the High Evolutionary decides to kidnap Magma uh, because he wants like, and I think that partially plays out in in the Spider-Man crossover, uh, the the Web of Spider-Man one, because uh, Man Thing shows up in that, and so High Evolutionary is trying to find like, uh, I guess like humans that have the ability to like control like earth elements right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so that that's why he's interested in magma but the cool thing was not the magma stuff the cool thing is uh number one emma frost um in some like fishnet stockings that was banging uh <laughs> and number two the fact that this is like he like basically upgrades danny moonstar yeah um because at this point like her power is basically like creating like her name is Mirage, right? So she creates mm-hmm. these like hallucinations to scare people off. But because of her contact with the High Evolutionary, her powers get upgraded like mid-fight, and and the hallucinations aren't just hallucinations. She can like actually manifest these creatures, and so and so that was cool. But also all this cool stuff that you're talking about, since it is an annual crossover you know they're not going to go in depth in any of this stuff. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. It's um, all very surfacey, but I think that was sort of the way it was. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Which is fine. So if you take it like that, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, with that said, I still haven't talked about the half issue. I'm going to get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, each of these annuals also has backup stories. Ooh. Um, like relating to whatever the character is in the book, right? But mm-hmm. there's also a second backup story Uh-oh. that runs through all 11 issues, and that is the origin of the High Evolutionary. Ooh, interesting. Did they collect all of those together, or after each annual you get like a little three pages? After each annual you get a couple pages. Okay, all yeah. right. So, so those I have not yet read. Oh. Because I wanted to read some Doom stuff. Oh, come on. But I will be reading the that origin story this weekend. Nice. Because uh, it, it'll tie into some of the stuff, like uh, the stuff that's mentioned, the Silver Surfer. They go mm-hmm. a, a lot into uh, the Eternals and the Deviants. Um, and so part of the, the Evolutionary's origin story in, involves one of the Deviants. Um, so they, they go into that there. Uh, but let me talk about this half issue. Yeah. Because I said 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I so I read the whole thing, right? The eleven part series, sure. and uh, the eleven annuals. And I said, uh, you know, let me let me look it up, like in case I miss something, right? Let me look this up. So I so I go online and I look it up, and I find the Wikipedia page for the Evolutionary War. Hmm. And I start reading through it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, like yeah, I cut all the stuff. Like I'm not missing anything. Cool. And so I get down to the bottom, bibliography, and it lists the eleven parts. And uh, number one, uh, it had a different reading order, Ooh. which 
make sense when you read the books because I'm reading these books and in the, the Fantastic Four annual, um, who is it? Maybe one of the Watchers is there? I can't, I can't remember. Somebody says something uh, that mentions the events that happen in um, the Amazing Spider-Man annual. Okay. Or maybe it's the other way around. The Spider-Man mentions the FFs, uh, whatever. So it, it's like flipped. So I had read them backwards, and it made sense because when I read it, I'm like, wait, I don't know about that yet. Oh, interesting. You know what okay. I mean? So, yeah, but, yeah. So in the Wikipedia page, they have the correct reading order. Uh, if you actually read them in the way that they came out, then you have the wrong reading order for parts uh, five and six. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, but but again, they're like self-contained stories, so it doesn't matter too much, right? Uh, except for like the one mention of all these other events is told in the wrong order. <laughs> oh, terrible. <clears throat> uh, but then but then after you get to the bibliography of the 11-part series, you get related issues. Mm-hmm. Okay? One is a what-if a what if story that came out the year after, uh, which I did oh. not read, but I, I, I plan on reading. It's uh, what if the Avengers lost the Evolutionary War. Oh, how can you not read that? I know, I know. I'm going to read it. But again, I wanted okay. to read Doom. Oh, man. Mistake. The other, one, the other one, all right, let's think about this. This is late 80s Marvel Comics. Yeah. What is this other related book that I'm calling part one half? Take, take, just take a wild guess. I bet you will be wrong. It's only a half of a book? Um, I'm calling it a half. It's like mm, a page. A page? Uh... Doctor Strange? See, that that seems like it would make sense, right? Yeah. But that's wrong. Was it Hellcat? It was not. Because he likes the animal people. No, no, no. You, you're never going to guess this. Okay, then tell me. And I'm calling it a half because, again, it shows up in, like, a page. Maybe two. Oh, Actually, geez. it is two. Because it shows up a page, and then the character goes and does something else, and then comes back, and the high evolutionary is, like, floating in his minivan. Um nice. And the th- uh, I read it, and I was like, there's no way. So, so I <laughs> went out, and I found the cover to this issue. And, and uh, sure enough, on the top it says Evolutionary War. And I'm like, that is so random. And it wasn't included in the omnibus. Correct. Golly, you have me so perplexed. Now, that is a head-scratcher. Why wouldn't they include that? Great question. Well, I mean, it has no relevance whatsoever to the sure, story. of course. Uh, so... Is it is the entire annual? Is it just like the high evolutionary way in the background of the story, just like flying through a panel? No, the, they had to slap on like the title. No, this character like opens the door to this van, and there's like a projection of the high evolutionary in there, and he's like, "What the f?" And the high evolutionary is like, "I don't know why I'm here." And he's like, "Okay, cool. Let me go to this other thing." And then he shows back up and opens the door again, and there he is again. And uh, he's like, I don't understand what's going on. And like, that's it. Is it the book that was coming out for Marvel all about the um, motorcycle stunt riders? <laughs> Man, that's that's actually your closest guess so far. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, one of the greatest TV shows of the 80s, ALF, the, uh, the ALF annual number one is... Uh, <laughs> Is is the half part to the Evolutionary War saga? Are you saying that a major comic book publisher 
has always used crossover events to cross promote uh, some of their maybe D list titles <laughs> to give them a little boostier. <laughs> they did that even way back then. Who would have thought? Uh, like, yeah. This stuff is not new. No, no surprise there. <laughs> Ow. Oh my god. Uh, I'm trying to find the page. So uh, there was no way in hell I was going to buy this book. Okay. Uh, so so I did find the copy on the interwebs. I will admit that. Um, guess what? I'm not taking money from anybody because nobody will ever read this book in their entire well. life. But so I found the copy to read, and I'm like, okay. On the cover, it says Evolutionary War. I'm curious. <laughs> okay, so I start reading it, and uh, and I'm like, there's no Evolutionary War here. What's happening? So I'm, I, I'm reading, and like I read the first story of it, and like it was fine. Like It's Alf. Um, I used to love that show. It does not hold up, at least if you go by the comics. <laughs> so, but did uh, you hear Alf's voice in your head when you were reading it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 100%. Oh my God. Um, so, so I read the first story and I'm like, well, this is bullshit. Like there's no high evolutionary in here. So I just start like flipping through the pages and mm-hmm. I flip and flip and I get to the back. There's like a Rocky and Bullwinkle story in here. Like there's like random shit in here. Um, uh, and so I get to the end of the book and I'm like, all right, like there's something wrong. Like this is bullshit. Like if, if I bought this book when it was coming out of the newsstands, because it said mm-hmm. evolutionary war in the front. Yeah, because of the banner, yep. Right. I would be freaking pissed. Let me (laughs) flip through this again, because surely there's got to be something in here. And so I start flipping and flipping and flipping and flipping, and I get to the section that I mentioned before, uh, where it's literally the high evolutionary's uh, head floating in this van. Um, Unbelievable. Alf is like, he's like stuck in this, it's like a, a UPS van. Okay. Um, it, here, I, I, I found the page. Uh, he says, uh, Sheesh, I've been cooped up in a box for three hours with an accordion freak at the wheel. That's enough to make anyone delirious. And then here comes the the magical head of the high evolutionary just appears among these packages. And he says, By the whistling winds of Wundagore, my instruments were correct. I'm Melmashin on Earth. And Alf says, Yep, I'm seeing the holographic hallucination of the high evolutionary's head. Asterix, C, X-Factor, Punisher, Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, X-Men, New Mutants, Avengers, West Coast Avengers, and Spider-Man Annuals. Uh, oh, my God. And he says, this is, a- no, this is no illusion. I have many questions for you. He says, can't they wait? I'm on a very tight timetable today. My dance card's filled. I hate to meet and run, but uh, duty calls. Grab my home address off this mailing label and come by in a couple days, okay? He says, very well. Two days hence, malmission. mission. And Alf says, fine, stop by at midnight. Uh, that way you won't wake up the landlord. Ciao. That's it. My God. Hi, <laughs> caramba. Worst comic ever. That sounds terrible. Hey, just to give you a heads up, there might be a few more minutes left uh, for you to jump on Comixology and get uh, the Hickman thing on sale. Oh. It's seven ninety nine instead of twenty. Oh, that's a good deal. Uh, let's see, City of the High Evolutionary. Just go to the sale tab. You'll you'll find it easier that way. Uh, yeah, cause uh, their surf just sucks. Yeah, it's 
Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, The Complete Collection, Volume 1. Is that on the, the world's greatest sale? It No, just click on the sale tab. I did. Don't click the sales tab? Yeah. The first it thing should... is Marvel America Chavez Sale, then Marvel Fantastic Four World's Greatest Sale. There you go. Marvel okay. Fantastic Four World's Greatest Sale. Okay. And then and which one is it? It's Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 1. You can get Volume 2, too, and read the entire saga. But okay. Volume 1 has the one I just mentioned. Got it. Five stars. Perfect. Yeah, it's good. And I believe there's some doom in there as well. Of course there's doom, because it's Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Oh, uh, shit. Did he do the... But, uh, did he write the solo book? Which solo book? There was one, like, around this time, like, early to mid-2000s, maybe? A Doom solo book? Yeah, wasn't there? I don't recall. I'm going to look this up right now. Continue. No, no, you continue. I'm done. Uh, I'm trying to find Doom. Yeah, 2000, that can't be it. Oh, that's Chuck Dixon. I will read that. Oh, nice. Um, I could have sworn... Oh, yeah, just to let you know, uh, the Complete Collection Volume 2, that has Doctor Doom in it. Gotcha. All right, I'll grab both of them. Yeah, as well as a uh, little trip to the Negative Zone and uh, Spider-Man, Submariner, and the Inhumans. Uh, I'm not going to do this on the podcast. I'll do this later. I could have sworn there was a solo book. Uh, I, do, I do know that those two will be off sale probably by, at least my time, it'll be off by about 10 tons. Yeah, no, I'm going to pick this up right now. Yeah. But a Chuck Dixon Doom book, that sounds pretty good. So there's two. Hmm. There is a Doom by Chuck Dixon and Leonardo Manco, three-issue mini. Ooh, I like Manco. And then there is Doom, The Emperor Returns by Chuck Dixon and Leonardo Manco, three-issue mini. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's this? Heroes Reborn Doom by Chris Claremont. Hmm. That might be wordy. That certainly will be wordy. And Heroes Reborn, it could be up, it could be down. You don't know. That's true. Uh, but what is exciting is that I can finally, Nick, finally have a reason to read my Doom 2099 collection. That I'm excited for. <laughs> I never read that, so I look forward to hearing about that. Oh, really? Oh, dude, I love the 2099 books. I was so sad when they canceled them. I barely touched any 2099. Uh, let's and, see. And I, that was a mistake because looking at them now, they all look a lot of, a, a lot of fun. Well, and I mean, Spider-Man 2099 was the best. That's why he's still in canon. Yeah. Um, but the X-Men book I thought was good. I enjoyed that one. And I liked the the Doom one. Uh, Punisher was pretty good. I can't remember the rest of them. There were some weird ones. Let's look this up I, here. I gotta keep an eye out on for this Chuck Dixon. Yeah, book. Doom. this looks good. I'm looking at some of the preview pages. That looked good. All right, let's see here. Ooh, Marvel Knights 2099. That sounds good. <laughs> Deadpool 2099. No thanks. What? You love the comedy books now. Wait a second. There's a Secret Wars 2099? What's happening here? <laughs> is this for real? I'm sure it's for real. Somebody's messing with me. Uh, Oh, my God. I'm on my comic shop right now. 
I almost want to get all these. Ravager, that's the one that was weird. I'm like, what? Uh, let's see here. Conan 2099, that's not the original though. 93. FF 2099. Ghost, oh, Ghost Rider 2099. I like yeah. that one. That's some Chris Boccolo right there. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I want to read that too. Like right now. There you go. Um. Oh yeah, God, that was good. But anyways, High Evolutionary, fantastic. Um, I'm not the, uh, I'm not yet as excited as mm. I have been with Doom. So I understandable. Didn't, yeah, I did not go run out and get his first appearance. No. Um, but I should look that up right now. Let's let's find out his first appearance. Uh, High. So does the High Evolutionary, evolutionary. on the top of his helmet? Is that a handle on the top of his helmet, or is that more of like a punk mohawk, a shorter punk mohawk? But um, it's metal, of course, it's metal. Yes, yeah, because it, I've seen artist interpretation both ways. Oh, interesting. Uh, I would say it's more like uh, like a like a metal mohawk. I want it to be the handle because every once in a while the high evolutionary gets a little uh, loopy. Mm. And I do imagine Thanos or somebody grabbing him by his helmet head and throwing him somewhere. Ah, uh, yes. And, and that makes me chuckle. Ah, uh, yes. All right, so first appearance is Thor, number 134. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. I like that cover. Although, I got to tell you, I there's something about the look of Thor in these old books mm-hmm. that I just... Don't dig. Like the Kirby era? Yeah. Or is it more the Basima era? No, even Kirby era. Yeah, same here. He looks a little too uh, Kazarish. That's what it is. Yeah. He yep. looks a little bit caveman y. Kazar with a helmet. Right. Hmm. You know, after we got done talking last episode, when we were talking about spotlights. Mm hmm. I thought, because all of a sudden you did something brilliant. You went after the villains, and I mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're like, I just sort of looked up all the appearances, wrote them down, and decided to chase those books. Mm. And I love that idea. But as you well know, I already chose the two characters I adopted. <laughs> but afterwards, and you know me, I'm, I'm a stickler for rules, if anything. So I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm going I'm to force my way through, even though there's... <laughs> Plenty of listeners that are like, I read a few trades, I wasn't feeling the character, and I switched over to a different character. Right, right, right. Do I wish I had that in me? Yes. Am I envious of the people that say that? Yes. I just can't. So I'm forcing my way through this year. Oh, well, it's a, it's a year that, guess what? I'm going to learn more about The Flash and Captain America. Both, both great choices. But when I heard the way you were approaching, it made me think, and now I'm actually curtailing a lot of my reading, especially Captain America, because I wish it was the year of Busima for me. Interesting. I'll, I'll take either Busima. I don't care. I'm not argumentative. I'll have both. That's fine. But I really like now I'm looking for Captain America trades that have some of their issues. And it's like, I just want to read Busima. <laughs> and I think that came from Incredible Hulk because there was so much great Busima in there. Mm -hmm. So that was you know, my one regret. Maybe we should switch it up for 2022. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, granted, 2021 just started. It did. But it's flying. I mean, it's February, bro. That's true. Um, Maybe for 2022, instead of adopting a character, we should adopt a writer. Or a creator. Or an artist. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can adopt Chris Claremont and just read all mutant books all year. No. <laughs> I will not do that. There was this weird-ass pirate ship in the Savage Land in that annual. And it was like... <laughs> Floating on a cloud of goo. And I said, what's happening here? But then I remembered I was reading Claremont. So then it was excused. Yep, yep, yep. No, if we do it, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some uh some brew baker next year. Ooh. And then we can find out if there's any non gems, you see. Man, you're gonna have a good year. Twenty twenty two is gonna be the year of us. That's a good year. No, 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 no. It's the year of Brubaker, my friend. That's like me picking uh, Mike Mignola. Like, <laughs> you're pretty well no. What's the worst that's going to happen there? You're going to read some Rocket Raccoon? That ain't that bad. Come on now. That ain't that bad. That's still Bill Matlow. Come on. Oh, jeez, that's too funny. But, uh, yeah, good, 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 good reading week this week. I got to tell you that. Good reading week. Yeah, you were killing it. Enjoyed it. Going to be a good reading week next week, too. Hell yeah. Uh, and I have no choice because, you know, I'll be out of town for the next, like, month and a half. Well, you have to do what you have to do. So I'm going to be I'm gonna be just reading comics, I guess. Sounds like, hey, if we take a hiatus, we take a hiatus. That sounds all right. I don't know, man. I think I might uh, I might just take Zoe's laptop with me. That's your call, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I might. I, I, listen. I can't have people wait for five or six weeks to hear my next Doom escapades. But imagine after even a few weeks, imagine the treasure trove of fantastic reading stories that you're going to be sharing with the Legionnaires. They're going to love it. You know what? Since you said that, maybe we should, because then we can beat the Geek Brunch podcast in their lengthy episodes. We, we can record like a 12 hour nerdy legion. Let's and... just drop some ayahuasca <laughs> and take all of a Tuesday, and that's all we'll do. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, that's right. And then we can be undisputed kings of lengthy podcasts. Yes. We'll just DoorDash all of our food and just eat terrible food the entire time. Perfect. But it'll be a very long episode. Perfect. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll make a pot roast and oh. uh, I'll I'll ship you in your slow cooker. That's and right. By the by the time you're almost done with the episode, <laughs> it'll be done. It'll be done. Yeah. 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 Uh, actually, I ma- I made a pot roast this past week because my wife has been saying like every day, she's like I have I want some pot roast. Hell yeah. And. Uh, so I ended up finally making a pot roast. Carrots, potatoes, pearl onions. What did you throw in there? Uh, I didn't do pearl onions. I did a purple onion. Okay. Okay. Um. See so what did I do? Potatoes, carrots, the onions. Yeah, that's it. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah, that's it. Dang, that sounds good. Uh, and then last night I made a cottage pie. Ooh, heck yeah. Which I told him it was shepherd's pie, uh, but there is a difference, right? 
shepherd's pie is lamb. Cottage pie is beef. I did beef, but I told him it was shepherd's pie. Um, and uh, and I started making the sh- the the cottage pie, and uh-huh. I go to assemble it. You know, I had my 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 meat mixture done. I, I made my mashed potatoes uh-huh. uh, from scratch because I'm not an animal. I don't do instant mashed potatoes. Um, and I go to put it together, and of course, in between the meat and the mashed potatoes, uh-huh. what does a shepherd or cottage pie have to have? Peas. Yes. And I had no peas. What? No peas. There were no peas in this house. Oh my God. So Animals. I text I text my wife and I said, I can't believe I need to go to the store to get a can of peas. <laughs> and she said, For what? And I said, I'm making I'm making shepherd's pie. I need to have peas. You can't have a shepherd's pie without peas. I said, True. You you should know this. I don't want to anger your ancestors because my wife's family is Irish. <laughs> uh and she just laughed. But then I went and got my peas and I came home and assembled it and it was fucking delicious. Can I throw out, and this might make me a heathen for even suggesting this, mm. because the way to do it is exactly how you did it with a can of peas. Yes. I've discovered you throw in straight from the freezer frozen peas. Mm. So you get a little bit more moisture from all of the ice and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the peas actually taste a hell of a lot more fresh and less mushy really 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 good really really good interesting yeah so give that a shot next time you're doing one All right, i'm gonna try that next time i wasn't too worried about the mushy um i did take some liberties with this pie uh mm-hmm. i added some uh some chopped mushrooms and oh, oh. Uh, and some some chopped uh bell peppers what? uh yellow orange and and red yes um, so it gave it a little, mm, a little, yeah. a little extra sweetness too, a little bit. Um, it sounds like you removed the blandness. What the hell? I did. I did remove the blandness. Yeah. Also, I took some what liberties. What kind of gravy did you throw in there? No gravy. No gravy. No gravy. Because wow. I took some liberties with the mashed potatoes. You see. Did you top them with some cheese? I did top them with some cheese. Hell yeah. But. I also folded in mozzarella cheese into Ooh. the potatoes, uh, and then of course uh, some egg yolks to you know so so you get the little crusty crust on top. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I I did that, and what I like to do, uh, pro tip hmm. for anyone making mashed potatoes from scratch, mm-hmm. uh, no milk, no cream, no liquid. What? No liquid. Here's what you do: half a stick of butter. Yeah. One cup of sour cream. Dude, you read my mind. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say, I hope you threw in a half a container of sour cream. <laughs> Makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Yeah. Uh, there's something about that, like that little sour taste. Yeah, that little funk. Yeah, the little funk it has the potatoes. Yeah. But then um, the richness of the butter. Oh, mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. So pro tip, uh, it also uh, makes for the perfect consistency because a lot of times you might add a little too much milk or, or liquid, right? Oh, for sure. And they get too runny. I don't like me no runny potatoes. No, 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 no. I'm not an animal. But that's, uh, but that's sour cream, dude. Yeah. Got to do the sour Some cream. Some people throw in uh, creme fraiche. No. You no, need no, the no, no. Sour cream. no, no, no. No, no, no. 
That's interesting though. Hmm. A little sour cream with a little uh, like freshly squeezed lime juice, maybe that could be interesting. I've even done when I don't have sour cream, I would do Greek yogurt. Oh, and yeah. It adds a different funk, but it's still really good. It makes it real rich. Unflavored, I assume. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I put in blueberry. <laughs> I don't know. Blueberry <laughs> might be all right if you do it in a pie with meat. Hell, you don't want to put any sweet in there. <laughs> You don't want that sweetness. You know how um, Americans are with their level of sweetness. It's like know. 20 times way too sweet. I no. Know. No, no, no. But uh, but I did top it with cheese. I did I did cheddar cheese. Uh, I topped it with cheddar cheese. I baked it. And then halfway through, I took it out and I added more cheese. And I finished the bake. And then I broiled for a couple minutes. The thing that throws me with this recipe, why wouldn't you just do a mushroom gravy on the side? That then mm. once your piece of um, pie comes out, you can drizzle with the mushroom gravy. Mm. Interesting. Kiss. I should have done that, actually. Yeah. Gravy's needed for that. Not all the time, mm. but it is, it's a nice addition. Well, so I was going to do a – oh, man, what's that sauce? There's like – oh, my God, what the hell's the name of it? There's a – you know, like the French have – what do they call them? Like mother sauces? Like a bechamel? Not a bechamel. Uh, bechamel is like white. This this yeah. is this is a a dark sauce. Um, like uh like an ajou almost. Oh yeah, I do know what you're talking about. It's done for like beef Wellington. Yes, that one. Yeah, it's. What's that called? Let's find God, out. I I don't recall. Beef Wellington sauce. Let's see how good the internet is. Tartar sauce. <laughs> yeah, throw some tartar sauce in there and then put a fi- a fillet of fish right on the top of that. Delicious. What are these animals doing? <laughs> uh, all right, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm sure it'll come to me later. Um, but uh, I, I was gonna do some of that to mix into the beef mixture. Mm. Uh, but it was flavorful enough with the uh, the mushrooms and uh, the the peppers and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And I added that a little flour in there, you know, so the the juices from from cooking the meat were kind of saucy anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about adding too much sauce. But yeah, a gravy next time. That's a good idea. What did yeah, I do? I do that? love a gravy. I do love a gravy with them. Hmm. There might have been a reason. Maybe it's because I put cheese on the top. Maybe it was worried about the cheese and gravy. I think it would still go fine. You might be right. Last time I went to go visit uh, mom without Julie, the cruise director, Mm -hmm. she made a shepherd's pie. Yeah. And and this is because Julie, the cruise director, can never have it. Uh, She said, hey, I'm making a shepherd's pie. Is there anything that you want in there? And I said, yeah, take the whatever the I forget the company. But that dry French onion dip, mm. you know, the like packet of French onion dip. Mm-hmm. And I said, put that in with the beef. And she did. And it's it was so good. Oh, my God. It was like having sour cream without any of the sour cream. aspect. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it was so fantastic. But Julie, the cruise director, can't have all those spices and garlic. So I can never have that when I'm at home. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I found the sauce, demi-glaze. Ooh, demi-glaze. There you go. Which usually I'll do, uh, if they want me to make like pork chops or something, I'll do demi-glaze mm-hmm. on the pork chops. Smart. 
Yeah, that's good. I keep. Uh, I usually have a little tub in the freezer, but I must have run out. Must have run out. Uh, yeah, it's oh. funny. It's funny that you mentioned the the French dip because I made um, spinach stuffed chicken breast tonight. Ooh. Uh, just because we had, I had the chicken. I was like, what the hell do I do with this chicken? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do like the normal stuff that I do with the chicken. Sure. And just as I'm thinking this, we go back to my point of the universe knows what I need to be doing right now, like reading mm-hmm. Doom. My mm-hmm. wife texts me at that moment and says, you need to do something with that spinach in the refrigerator. And huh. I said, hmm, chicken, spinach. I opened the refrigerator. I made my fun of my wife the other day because she bought this like 30 pack of cream cheese. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. It's a, it was a two pack, uh, but I don't know why. Cause like, there's no bagels here. Like, we don't even have bread in the house. Uh, so I don't know why she bought this cream cheese. But then I thought about it and I said, "Haha, I can get the spinach and stuff it into the chicken, and I'll mix it in with cream cheese." Mm. And so I did, and it didn't quite taste right. So I took some mushrooms and chopped them up. Took some onions, chopped them up, fried them up real quick, threw it in there. And then it tasted like French onion dip. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. So I stuffed the chicken. I cooked it. Um, We're eating dinner. And my wife's just eating. She's like, hmm, this is really good. It tastes like French onion dip. And I said, perfect. My mission is complete. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Sounds good. Uh, You've been listening to the Nerd Legion Podcast. Uh, sponsored by Marvel Comics, Mig Mar- Marvel since 1963. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can of course reach Nick at Nick Wetmore. I'm a geek find the shows at Nerd Legion. Use offer code Nerd Legion for 0% off at marvel.com slash unlimited. And, uh, that's it. Thank you for